Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith, Hello. the Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Early voting begins May 19th for the June 28th primary. Way too much time. Well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, copies of the Illinois Family Institute's nonpartisan voter guide soon available. If you go to IllinoisFamily.org, Dave. And Jed Davis yes, filled out our survey questions for the voter guide. One of many candidates. Yep. And I think pro-life and pro-family voters will be pleased with his responses. Oh, I agree. I couldn't agree more. In fact, Illinois Family Action, our first candidate of the 2022 cycle who we endorsed was Jed Davis, who was facing a uh, incumbent Republican who has not been very good on our issues. So um, we were thrilled to see not only a good cr cr Christian conservative, but a good Christian conservative pastor who uh, is going to be uh, running for uh, the seat to bring maybe a little salt and light to the General Assembly. Chad Davis, welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight. You're a candidate for the 75th District Illinois House seat, now held by David Welter, Boosh. who identifies Boosh. as a Republican. <laughs> I say that with a big question mark. Uh, boy, you, it's an uphill fight for you, but uh, what makes you think you can win? Yeah, no, great being here. So thank you for having me and really excited to spend the next few minutes together. Um, man, I am the school board president of Parkview Christian Academy and firmly rooted in faith, family, and freedom. Amen. You know, up and down um, the aisles of, of Parkview and the communities that we all call home. And I'm just fed up of that lack of representation on the local level and want to be that voice for the people of the 75th. And you're saying the current incumbent is not connected with the community he represents and is not voting in step with the, communica the community he represents. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what is this new 75th district that was just redrawn? It's similar but different than it was back in 2020. Yeah, does it lean Republican or Democrat or what? It leans Republican, and it's a lot of Kendall County, half of Grundy, and then it swings out and sucks up pockets of like DeKalb and LaSalle and just a sliver of will. Okay, that's a big district, but it should be, like you say, a Republican district. And in 2022, when we're expecting a red wave to hit the United States, Lord, please, um, we <laughs> hope that it hits Illinois and not, what do you call it, uh, flyover? We're not flyover country this time. Hopefully, it'll hit us. And that includes getting rid of people who, um, who voted wrong on so many issues. And, you know, we, we need to keep ourselves accountable and keep the Republican Party accountable to what it says it stands for in its own platform. And you certainly, um, from what I've heard and what I've seen so far, uh, you definitely represent the platform, the Republican platform. Oh, yeah, without question. So. Well, let me talk about some of those platform issues. You're pro-life. Correct. Yeah. Any exceptions to that? No, without exception. And, and I... 
I'm deeply convicted on this one because it's an issue that, let's say, abortion goes away tomorrow, right? Praise God, that would be amazing. Yeah, but maybe now, by the end of June. Yeah. yeah. Now there's there's an influx of births, and the church needs to step up. And how do you? I hate to use the word service, but like there is a a back issue to that of the church filling the gap of these babies that are being born. Sure. Um, and I am a foster parent. Yeah. So Amen. firmly committed on stepping in and really helping these kids in need. Absolutely. Well, you say you don't support exceptions for rape and incest, but, you know, that's a tough sell to a, a lot of even so-called pro-life voters who mm-hmm. would make that exception. So how do you explain your position to those voters? Yeah, that's a great question. I, every life is a valuable life to God. I am not, I am, and thankfully, nobody wants me to be God, right? We, we have an almighty Savior that is sovereign and all infinite in wisdom, and my faith and my trust belong in his hands. And I am not about to play that role as an individual here on earth who is deeply flawed. I'm a human, right? We're all sinners. So let God make that judgment. A man, if my daughter or anyone else had fell victim to that, I would want that child to be born. And we definitely care for him or her. And you believe life begins at conception. I know there was a debate on our Facebook page, believe it or not, saying that with science today, um, we, we know that uh, the baby is just part of the woman. No, we don't. In fact, the baby, once it starts dividing and what do you call that, the symbiosis, is it? The cells dividing and, and yeah. starts to grow and become a fetus, uh, it has its own u- unique DNA. She has oftentimes her own blood type, her own fingerprints as she gets older and bigger in the womb. So it is not part of the woman's body like the liver or the kidneys would be because you can pull those out of uh, of the mother and find the DNA of the mother, Yep. right? So it's a unique human being that is growing in there. And, uh, you know, if anything, we need to be stepping up, defending the voiceless and the, uh, the those who are downtrodden or being dragged away to death, as Scripture would say. Yeah, yeah, I, I am 150% with you on that issue, and and it just breaks my heart, you know, because I know even the tragedy on the back end and the emotional strife that I've seen people struggle through who have made that decision, um, and it, it's just you know one of the things I have painful. found out in my travels throughout Illinois, there are communities in Illinois that don't realize and. Uh, that there are crisis pregnancy centers, and there are more of those than there are Planned Parenthoods and abortion mills in Illinois. But these uh, these p- crisis pregnancy centers or women resource centers are there to help women through a crisis pregnancy to give birth, to help that child get adopted or to be raised by that mother, single mother, um, into adulthood. And the resources there don't end the moment of birth they are there, you know, uh, diapers go up to two years old I, in in the stock room. I've seen it, you know, yeah. uh, and the clothes are there. The donations are there. The resources are there. And um, a lot of people in Illinois don't realize and they'll criticize us pro-lifers by saying, oh, you only care about it, the baby until it's born and then you can just walk away from it. Do you think that's a fair no, I don't think it's fair at all. And and shockingly... As a foster parent especially. Yeah, even in the foster care system, it's like, man, it has this taboo to it. Like, people are just afraid of it. It's an unknown. And, man, it is scary. I remember getting our first call. I about, like, passed out hanging up the phone thinking, man, they're about to drop off two kids who I have no idea who they are. 
in the next 30 minutes and we have nothing ready for them. <laughs> so like a little heart attack. But the state doesn't do a lot right, right? And especially the foster care system could definitely need some help, needs an overhaul. But there is a lot of supplemental assistance there with formula, with car seats, with doctor's visits. And the state, ironically enough, as much as I want it peeled out of my life, can really be a good partner in those situations. All right. So you're parent. talking about the state's safety net, which is good. Yes. And it should be there. Um, but there is also a private safety net with Amen. private yes. you know, groups that are willing to help. You know, uh, right here in Tinley Park, we've got PASS. Uh, pregnancy aid of the south suburbs and they help women with bible studies and personal relationships with jesus you know to get right with god yep. and to live a right life so it doesn't keep happening you know the yep. the single motherhood or the crisis pregnancies don't keep happening yep. so um it, it's really a blessing they minister to much more than just the woman who's going to give birth but the woman who gives birth and her walk afterwards. Yep, absolutely. And there's a new ministry in Kendall County called Called to Care. Very similar. Very cool. So needed. Thank yep. you, Lord, for these people. Now, the 75th House District includes a bunch of communities, uh, including Yorkville, Sandwich, uh, Manuka, uh, Morris, Oswego, and Plano. Uh, is that still farm country? You know, I haven't been out there a whole lot, uh, except for out in Sandwich recently. And I saw your signs out there. They say Jed. Yep. Uh, still farm country out that way. What's the number one issue out there? A lot of it's farm country, but there's a lot of people moving in. 50% of the voters, over 50% of the voters in Kendall County have lived there 10 years or less. Wow. So there's a huge influx of new families that could really give a rip when I stand up and say, man, I'm fifth generation Kendall County. It doesn't mean anything to them. Because they've been here, you know, two, three, four, five years. And wow. that's awesome. It's great to see growth in a community when the rest of the state is bleeding people as they get out of Illinois. Right. Kendall's actually been growing and is kind of that heartbeat of, of Illinois. So it is definitely agriculture, but there's a lot of new people that use them as bedroom communities for commuting. There's a lot of great industry growing within those communities as well. And taxes is without, I mean, that's the reason everyone's leaving. I think that would be the answer no matter if you're in Kendall, Grundy, or way down south. Property some, taxes. Just property and gas and sure, all the tax burden. When you sum it all up, we're like the highest taxed state in the nation. All right, you brought it up. I have to bring it up myself now. You know, um, I, I recently came in, in the possession of a new car, well, new used car, 2002, yeah. right? And I had to get new plates and registration on it. I was blown away with how much it cost me to get a new title and registration. And um, I know for a fact... Now, Dave, that, they're putting all that money to good use. What? Where? <laughs> <laughs> where? Where? So, so increased vehicle registration and driver's license fee. Your opponent voted for these things. Double the gasoline tax. Voted for these things. Are you kidding me? Life is hard enough. What are they doing? And then all you have to take, get is this little crisis in Europe to make things even more squeeze. Oh, yeah. Squeezing us to beyond we, we can be, uh, be squo squo squoze. <laughs> <laughs> 
Squeezeth? Squeezeth? <laughs> it's a new yeah. word. Okay. It's the truth, though. It is painful. I mean, everything. Why well, I always say we're number one at being in last place as a state. Every time I turn the corner, man, Illinois is one or two. Highest gas tax, highest this. And yeah. that's always the list you never want to be on. Right. And I'm just fed up with it. Well, would you vote in the legislature to repeal the gas tax oh, which is an annual thing now well it goes up they're giving you a two cent break coming right. up so they're they're saying <laughs> we're gonna and pause. he's running commercial jb pritzker is running commercials saying i gave you a break on your tax yeah. isn't he kind yeah and and they're making gas station owners this summer you'll see them four by eight signs talking about the generosity of the illinois legislature and how they peeled back the increase from occurring i hope that backfires in their face the increase that they put in place yeah. that's right <laughs> the automatic increase right. every six months it continually goes up okay uh you let me ask you if you were in the legislature would you vote to repeal that gas tax yeah 100 percent, yes then how do you fund roads and bridges yeah so i'm actually a civil engineer by degree so i've designed a lot of roads i've, I've put millions of improvements especially here in tinley park and other communities around chicagoland in the ground water mains sewers roadways bridges buildings um, a lot of residential lots back in the boom so i understand the importance of that worked with the unions to get it done worked with the engineers to get it built but, man, there has to be another way. Like, we can't just say taxes are the solution. Right. And, and I know that if we could get in and actually look at the budget like I do my home budget. So, like, when I was in the midst of the real estate implosion, my, my salary for our home went down like 50% in a matter of weeks. It just vanished because that industry, just if you were a part of it, it was painful. My kids never really know we skipped a beat. You know, because they don't know it was stressful and it really was not fun. But we figured out how to get through. And I know in Illinois we can do the same thing. We can't be the highest tax state in the nation and constantly be broke. There has something is way out of whack. Well, and the fact that we have two taxes on gasoline, we have a motor fuels tax and a sales tax, I think is just outrageous. One of those two have to be pulled we, back. We have a breathe the fumes tax. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the little town of Newark that I live in gets, I don't know what it is per month, but it's enough to do about $35,000 in roadway projects every other year, which is enough to like pave this conference room. <laughs> like it's not, it doesn't go very far. So even though like the MFT and all that is there, um, maybe it's just find being, some materials uh, that actually last a it's little just longer. Being mismanaged. There's a <laughs> lot of mismanagement in Illinois. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we want to talk about some other issues, including uh, uh, the right of Christian schools to stay open during the pandemic, something you know about. Yep. And we're going to continue our conversation with Jed Davis. He is a candidate for the Illinois House to represent the 75th District. And uh, we'll continue our discussion on the Illinois Family Spotlight right after this. Expect the new challenge to religious liberty. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Christian legal experts are bracing for an invited administration reversal of a 2019 conscience rule, which protected faith-based groups from being forced to violate their beliefs. To quote one Christian attorney, reversing this protection would create an existential threat to religious-based employers who'd be forced to provide services such as abortifacients or gender assignment surgery, or face fines, lawsuits, and legal challenges that could drive them out of business. If they're to respond in a helpful way, Christians have to remember the basics of religious liberty. 
that it's for all individuals, that it's the cornerstone of a free and democratic society, that it's the first freedom from which every other freedom springs. Respecting the right to conscience provides a setting in which both people and society can thrive. Remove it, and there's nothing to stop some future administration or regime from imposing its worldview on millions of people. Religious liberty is the direct result of a Judeo-Christian worldview, and it's the birthright of every American. That's why it's worth fighting for. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here along with David Smith, the Executive Director of Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. This is clearly a Illinois Family Action broadcast. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, we're joined by Jed Davis, who's a candidate for the Illinois House. He wants to represent the 75th newly drawn district. Yeah, 75th district. That's uh, still essentially a Republican district. Uh, he wants to represent the, this district as a conservative now, Republican. Now, would you call this a the exurbs? And it's not the suburbs, but the exurbs for Chicago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm only like, I live in Newark, a thousand people. So I mean, it is. We have a Dollar General, which was a game changer when we got there. <laughs> but I'm only an hour and twenty from O'Hare, so it's really weird being like in peace and quiet, but yet being able to get anywhere you need. Yeah, that's good. That's well, nice. And it is. So you call it like a bedroom community, right? That sounds yep. beautiful. And you want to keep it that way. We do. Yeah, we do. All right. Well, your opponent in the GOP primary is the incumbent, David Welter, and he has an interesting voting record. Oh, David. Okay, so one, one of my biggest complaints is he voted for equal rights amendment. This bill or this constitutional amendment was supported by Planned Parenthood, Equality Illinois, the ACLU, and you can name every leftist group on the far left side supporting it. It was opposed by Illinois Right to Life, Illinois Federation Right to Life, Illinois Family Institute, Illinois, yeah. the Catholic Conference of Illinois. We were opposing it because it was a pro-abortion bill. It was anti-life primarily. There's a bunch of other reasons IFI is opposing it. Yep. Too. But we came to him and the other Republicans who voted for it, including Sue Rezin, and said, don't vote for it. My biggest complaint is... Why didn't he listen to the pro-life votes, the voices of the pro-life community, if he's calling himself pro-life? Sorry, Jed. When you do that, you take your 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 title, that 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 claim, that mantle off. You cannot claim it anymore in my book. When you intentionally walk away from the pro-life lobbyists and say, no, I'm gonna side with Planned Parenthood and vote for this bill. Yeah, I, I agree. Planned Parenthood sent me their endorsement questionnaire, and I took it and threw it in the garbage. Oh, amen. So, yeah. Hey, well, you know what? S- send it back with all the right answers <laughs> just to get them mad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> get them hopping mad. Make them spend money. The, the, other, the other bill that, uh, well, there's a number of them. I mean, like giving free health care to inmates. Oh, wait a minute. What? What? What are we doing here, right? All right. But they he was a key vote to pass recreational marijuana in the state of Illinois. As Christians, we know that Scripture is very clear about staying sober, not being inebriated. Marijuana, even a little bit of it, will get you not sober. <laughs> it will, yes. Well, today's marijuana. 
Yeah, <clears throat> the high THC content. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> there are all kinds of consequences to this bill, which we don't have time to run through this this podcast. <clears throat> but again, he rejected the pro-life voices. He rejected the medical specialists that we brought into the state of Illinois and others. Who was it? The NAACP even came out against this marijuana, rejected all those voices and decided to side with the um, normal people, the normalization of marijuana, and vote for this. This is a George Soros, by the way, plan. And uh, I, I just, I, even though our, our um, platform, the Republican platform, is specifically against legalizing drugs. And you already know the slippery slope. We said it way back in 2013 when they legalized medical marijuana, so-called medical marijuana. Yep. This is just a stepping stone. Yeah. And here we are. And then there's you've got proposals to legalize what? Magic mushrooms. Well, not just that. There, well, there was legislation to legalize fentanyl, okay, or decriminalize. Decriminalize. That's correct. That's the first step. That's the step one. Yeah. Uh, cocaine, heroin, you know, you name it. And, yeah, boy, you have to see this as something that the voters in your district simply do not want. Yeah, correct. My volunteers even, we've had meetings training them, and they're just like, I can't believe this has happened in our communities. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they're worked up, and it is. It is a stepping stone for a lot of stuff, and I'm sure we all know why, because it's a huge tax-generating thing into the state. That's exactly it. So we're ruining families and people's lives in the name of of the dollar, um, which is really sad. Jed, this this is something that I think you need to highlight, of course. You're your own campaign manager, so you figure this out, but... Representative David Welter, when he voted for this bill and the other bills, but this this marijuana bill is sending the young people in your school, in your community, saying, hey, it's okay to use it. It's recreational. Yeah. It's okay. And, and you know, that bothers me because you and I both know and remember the 1980s where, where there was a public service campaign to say, hey, this is your brain. Right, it was an oh, egg, yeah, the egg, and your egg into the frying pan. This is your your brain on drugs, right? Yep. Sizzling up there, um, the perception of risk was very high among the public, and the use was very low. Mm-hmm. Now we flipped the script, and thanks to David Welter and his friends, he and others are now saying, "Hey, it's okay." Now the perception of risk is low, and the use is high. Uh, yeah. And what parent, what grandparent want their kids or grandkids to be using drugs? None. Few and far between, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we're normalizing. We're normalizing sin from that aspect, even from the ERA aspect of saying, you know, there's no longer a distinction between the sexes. So we're normalizing a perverse society, which we need to draw the line in the sand. But not only that, we need to drop back to really some good family traditional values. Well, you know... Amen. Uh, unless there is a, a major shakeup in our legislature, uh, marijuana is, is here to stay. But there are some voices out there who are saying maybe we need to put limits on THC content. Mm-hmm. Would you back that effort? Uh, yeah, I would for sure. Anything to start, you know, draw that line back. Every right now little it's step. The Wild West. Yeah. Goes, right? Yeah, I'd be Pretty all much. for it. And I think, 
you know, Springfield's a long play. It needs a lot of work, and I'm ready for that that fight. But what really has frustrated me through the last few years is there's been no real true local representation. The rep has a bully pulpit of sorts, and I hate to use that word because I don't want to bully anyone into anything, <laughs> but use the platform that you're given to educate school boards and give them the courage to fight back against their, you know, really conser- – not conservative is the wrong word, but like really – you know, worst case scenario attorney, because I know the messages that the attorneys are painting in those board meetings and they're scaring these board members to death. But man, if the rep could be there and say, no, you don't have to listen mm-hmm. to that guidance. Here's some of the realities of what could happen. Man, we could have totally different schools today. I'm so glad to hear you say that. And yeah, bully pulpit may not be the right, you know, That's phrase a Rush to Limbaugh use. phrase. Well, not today. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you what, Jed, I mean, you have a platform. Let's call it just a platform. Yeah to educate the public on the issues. And there's so many people who are misinformed. So many of them are being, um, uh, f- the, the fear-mongering is totally having them you know, frightened um, that need to be educated on the issues. Um, and, th- and then they'll come our way. You know, this whole idea with the Republicans, especially of a big tent, well, you know, it doesn't mean we have to move our policies to the left you know, to have a big tent. We can have a big tent by educating people that are reachable, you know, and pull them in to why our policies are better, not why their policies are, oh, tolerable. Yeah. Jed, as you mentioned earlier, uh, you serve as the board president of Parkview Christian Academy. Yep. And uh, you went toe-to-toe with Governor Pritzker to keep your school open during the pandemic tell us that story yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was an interesting journey we as a board and it wasn't all roses and sunshine we had to really kind (laughs) of you know have some good family conversations behind closed doors but we emerged as a unified front and it was just leave us alone right we're especially as a private institution the state should never be coming into your hall and telling you what you can and can't do right whether that's curriculum or whether that's all of these crazy face coverings and mandates and just we wanted parental freedom. We were never anti-anything. Yeah. We just wanted parental freedom. Amen. This is America. And we took that stance in the summer of 2020, and JB did not appreciate that and filed suit against us and one other school. So only two schools in the entire state that had was the that Christian Liberty Academy? Up. It was uh, FAFCA, Families of Faith, okay, gotcha. in Shanahan. So those two schools got drugged into a courtroom that we ultimately lost in the August and like November of 2020. And it was never about, it was never about what we're doing, right? Nobody ever really cared about like the day-to-day life. They were controlling the narrative, Mm -hmm. um, the governor was, because nobody came and checked on us. They allowed us to basically do whatever we wanted, even though we had this court order hovering over our head, but it was controlling the statewide narrative. The next year, we were in the same boat. We pushed back and filed suit against ISBE, the State Board of Education, because they started stripping accreditation and recognition mm. and kicking us out of the sports have, leagues. Yeah, the athletic association, which they can't do. And we won that restraining order. And we've been protected ever since um, under that because we had the courage. And here's where the local representation thing that I talked about earlier, because we stood up. All the other private schools in the state got flipped back over to being fully recognized. They were on the state's naughty list for not following the mandates, (laughs) and they got flipped back over because one school had the courage to push back. So statewide change started in Kendall County. Let me me ask you about what do you think the governor's motivations were for for all this? 
was it really public safety and keeping the staff and the students safe, or was there something more behind this, do you think? Yeah, I am not a fan of the executive branch stepping out and pushing policy. Yeah. Right, there's a legislature for a reason. Even at the beginning, 30 days, okay, let's give them the 30-day executive order emergency powers to then convene the legislature and create laws like this nation was intended to do. And it never happened. 30 day after 30 day after 30 day after 30 day after 30 day, like this isn't a monarchy. So I was just always about the overreach of the executive branch get out of our lives, and if you want this stuff, then make it law. And how often did Representative Welter and Senator Risen go out there complaining about um, Britzker's executive orders? None that I know of, and that's what really irritated me, too, is I felt like I was on an island. Right. Where is my rep? Where is my senator? Where is So they someone? made themselves irrelevant, didn't they? Yeah. In, in a, as, I think that for the most most of the part of the General Assembly, even some of the good guys, where were you? Now, now State Representative Dan Ugasti has got a bill in Springfield to curtail this, and it's got to be done. We have to do some legislative. If the courts aren't going to do it, there's checks and balances. Yeah. That leaves it to the General Assembly, right? Yeah. They've got to check this abuse of authority. It was never meant to go for two years, emergency yeah. after emergency, a, a subsequent emergency. That's, it is tyranny. That's it took, tyrannical. It took two years for the judicial branch to catch up to the executive, and that should make all of us really concerned Amen, brother. as Illinois citizens. You need to speak out on it when you get down to Springfield and say, no, we're going to push this until it gets passed. Yeah. I don't know you know, if we're going to take over any, any uh, uh, the House or the Senate. Or, I, I don't have my crystal ball. And the, the crazy thing through it all, the judge that ruled against us in the fall of 2020 is the same judge, Grishow, that ruled in favor of Tom DeVore just this last oh. spring. So it just shows you the mind shift of eventually you know, the people catching up, even though the law hadn't changed. But finally, the pressure of the people was on the judge's shoulders. Let me ask you, uh, you're an educator. Do you think um, the state will start coming after Christian schools and home schools? Because we know a lot of parents have had enough. They're pulling their kids out. So where do you, you put seen, the threat level right now? Have yeah. you seen growth at, at Parkview? Oh, we're booming. Beautiful. Um, people are, are fed up, and it's not just on the parental freedom. It's on the crazy sex ed, the, the critical race theory, all of the curriculum that they're now trying to pound down the student's throat that is so far away from reading, writing, and arithmetic. And that wave is what is causing an exodus of the public schools and our growth and other private schools. I've talked to a lot of them, and they're all seeing a huge increase in enrollment. So that threatens the powers that be. And so to Monty's question, yep. it's not unreasonable to think that the state is going to come in to start regulating and put their fingers in your pie, in the homeschool pie, and say, you guys got to do this, this, and this. <clears throat> and, of course, I hope to God that you, Jed, will be one of those voices down there and saying, you have failed doing your own educational yeah. um, requirements. Stay out until you get your system right yeah. or your, your, your ducks in the or, in order. Absolutely. I had private schools when we were taking the stance in 2020, like, why are you doing this? Like, it, don't poke the bear is what our attorney told me. Don't poke the bear. Just don't do it. <laughs> but it's like, what, then when? Like, then when? Like, if not now, when? Because it is just going to keep coming and your freedoms are going to continually erode until someone says not an inch more. That's right. So let me ask you, Jed, um, 
are you in need of any volunteers uh, for your campaign to get the word out about your candidacy? Because, well, quite frankly, you've never run before, correct? I've been a village trustee in Newark. But okay, so again, people in Newark, people, small town. So. <laughs> you need to get your name ID out far and wide, correct? And let them know who you are and what you stand for, right? Correct. So volunteers, absolutely. Donations, absolutely. Where do they find you at? You can find us at Jed for Freedom. So it's J E D F O R freedom.com jed for freedom i like it yeah good tagline yeah boy what a great name for a candidate i jed, tell you jed davis yeah jed davis it. yeah it's my mom's initials j-e-d no, it or no not. kidding yeah. all right well you uh you can be a pioneer sounds like a pioneer name yeah and and you can bring some change down to springfield you got a website you're on facebook tell us yeah we are it's all you can find it all through that jed for freedom it's the same username on instagram facebook twitter yeah and you're you're probably not as well funded as your your opponent the the house republican leadership probably isn't uh thrilled with your candidacy correct i think (laughs) i think there's a lot of eyes watching this race yeah you know because how it goes will really give a good roadmap for the future of the state so, uh, listeners, if you even if you don't listen, uh, live within the 75th district, um, there's two things you can do. You can give money to help uh, Jed Davis overcome his incumbent opponent. This is the big race, right? Yep. It's gen- generally speaking, the November election should be easy, right? For the Republican. For the Republican. Right now, there's not even a Democrat candidate. Right. So this is the race. So number one, you can give money. Number two, you can pray. And I would ask that everyone listening to this podcast right now lift up Jed Davis, his whole family, his campaign staff, and just ask the Lord to, to, uh, to favor them, to put wind in their sail, money in their checking account, and, uh, and give them a megaphone uh, that, that dwarfs every um, David Welters. How about that? So pray for him. And um, and then, of course, if you are in his district, you got to vote uh, on or before June 28th. Yep. I hate saying that. <laughs> yep, yeah. Early voting starts May 19th. May 19th. Yeah. Are you taking advantage of mail-in balloting? We, I mean, the people do it. You know, that's a huge debate and a huge topic that we can wrestle with later on down the road. But there's a lot of absentee voters. Yeah. There's a lot of early voters. We know who they are, and we will be talking. Well, Carol Davis of Illinois Conservative Union recommends if you are going to do early voting, do it right away. Yep. So nobody can steal your ballot. Yep. So, so either do it May nineteenth, or do it June twenty eighth. How about that? Yeah. There you go. Two dates. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jed. Jed Davis, the uh, Republican conservative Republican candidate for Illinois House District uh, seventy five. Uh, you're going to be a voice in Springfield, we hope. A man will, of principle. Uh, who will uh, stand for what's right and for common sense values. And wouldn't it be good to have an engineer slash pastor slash educator in Springfield and, and then an, another lawyer? <laughs> another billionaire lawyer. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah that's not me. So. <laughs> so, All right. Well, thank you so thank much, you. Jed. Thank you, Jed. Thank you uh, for participating in Illinois Family Spotlight. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. Dave, our voter guides, uh, yep. people want them, they can get them at... Check out IllinoisFamily.org or give us a call at 708-781-9328. Uh, ask whoever answers if you can get a copy or a bulk quantity of voter guides that you can pass out at your church, in your neighborhood. Hey, Republican precinct committeemen, you can pass this out in your precinct. All right? Help people become educated on the issues. Listen... 
uh, I've talked to a lot of people who don't know who they're voting for the U.S. Senate candidate race yet because they don't know who's running. And so this voter guide will help. Oh, and also on our YouTube channel, Monty, we have a candidate forum that we held back uh, in March uh, where we had five of the six candidates come out and um, answer questions. For the U.S. Senate. For right. the U.S. Senate. So right. you can get kind of a flavor there, too. Some interesting content. Yeah. So if you have two hours to spare, check that out. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a political junkie, That's right. this is this the is YouTube this is for video you. for you. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Well, thank you, folks, for tuning in. Do support the work of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Hey, check out our events page on IllinoisFamily.org. There's some good stuff there. Stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.